0: Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the December 27th, 2022 episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have some things to talk about today. The first thing we want to talk about is the blind shell audio tutorial that we've had on pre-order for quite some time has now been officially released to the public. This eight-hour tutorial turned into a 13-hour tutorial.
0: It did and there's a lot in it obviously for 13 hours. As with all of our other stuff there's no fluff involved with it so everything you get is straight content that you can use to assist you in learning more about either the primary functions or orientation or apps that you can add to the phone, all these things. So there's a lot of information in there. There's a lot that will hopefully be helpful to you, whether you are brand new to the device or whether you've had it for a while. So if there's something like, for instance, creating contacts or making calls or sending texts or sending email or browsing the web
1: that you have been wondering about, this should help. Just to let you know that there were some things that Kim and I learned how to use in the course of creating this documentation.
0: Yeah, that was a fun surprise. We kind of thought we knew a lot about what we were doing, and we had some surprises ourselves, and that's always great for us. We actually love when that happens because it just shows there's always more to learn even when we're teaching you guys stuff, so it was really fun.
1: Yeah, and one thing is, is that we weren't afraid to press buttons and see mm-hmm. what button one does and button two does etc so that's kind of how you learn a little bit too Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you can't be afraid to explore it really does make a difference you're probably not going to break something by just pressing a button so in general that is a good rule of thumb when I was first learning to use the internet years ago obviously years ago a very long time I initially had this fear that if I hit enter in the wrong spot I was going to break my computer or I was going to get a virus or you know whatever the case was and I learned pretty quickly that wasn't the case and I think that increased my confidence in terms of learning technology for myself, I had obviously used things like note takers in the past, you know, specialized note takers like the Braille and Speak and even the Braille Note Classic. But that was right, right after that was when I began using the Internet. And I thought, well, the Internet, the, and I thought, well, the Internet is a more complex beast. You know, am I going to do something wrong? And what I learned very quickly is that, no, you know, generally speaking, you're not going to hurt it by just pressing
1: a key. One more thing about the blind shell tutorial, it is currently $29 because it turned out to be five hours more that we had not anticipated. The price will be going up to $39 on January 24th. So we're leaving it on sale until that time. So anybody who buys it between the 27th of December 2022 and January 24th, 2023, we'll get it for 29 bucks.
0: Absolutely, and that is one serious steal. So we definitely recommend it. Another note, a little maintenance note for those of you who have ordered. Yes, we are in the process of sending out physical media. If you haven't gotten it yet, you will fairly soon. We're waiting for cartridges as of this recording. Hopefully we will get them soon. And then those of you who order cartridges, yours will go out. But we're sending out flash drives and we're sending out SD cards now. So you should get yours very soon. And one of the things that has impeded us from getting things out to you is the fact that we've been under a blizzard for the last few days.
1: Yes. so that's actually what we're going to focus on for the remainder of this podcast is this blizzard that we had where basically the whole entire city was shut down. And I mean seriously shut down. No plows.
0: No EMS.
1: Nothing. Well, you hopefully got EMS if they could get to you.
0: If they could get to you, and that was the thing. Wasn't that what they were saying, though, was that if the plows can't get to you, we're going to stop plows. And if EMS can't get to you, they can't get to you,
1: you know. Right.
0: It was too dangerous. There were whiteout conditions. We had probably 40 mile an hour sustained winds for about three days.
1: Right. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And constant, constant falling snow.
0: Constant falling snow. Drifts, at least waist-high drifts.
1: The nice thing about this specific blizzard is that you knew it was coming. So you had a little bit of time to prepare. So perhaps you needed to get some food in your house for Christmas. People weren't going anywhere for Christmas. People couldn't
0: go anywhere for Christmas.
1: Right. I mean, it was awful, the snow. As of the day before this podcast Episode drops. I just heard via Twitter that 20 people have died in this blizzard so far, and that's because they went out to go do something, got stuck in their cars, and froze to death. So it's just one thing to keep in mind. If you're told not to go somewhere, don't. We hadn't heard a plow for two and a half days coming down the street you normally could hear a plow and a salter so the plow would come then the salter would come and you know you'd know that your street was relatively passable they were not doing side streets they were doing main streets and routes to hospitals because they want to make sure that people could obviously get to the hospital there were about 20,000 I think people that did not have power or heat and you're sitting in your car if you were driving or with someone. And some people were that didn't have power would actually sit in their garage with the car running. And that's a good idea to keep you warm if you have a car. What you don't want to do is sit in the garage with the garage door completely closed in a car, because obviously that's not good. So there are a lot of things that one can do to prepare themselves. If you have multiple cell phones, you would want to make sure that they are fully charged. As Kim and I just did the blind shell tutorial, frankly, we have SIM cards in our blind shell phones. And we decided to plug those in to make sure that those were fully charged along with our devices.
0: We did. And we were very glad we did. We did not lose power. We were very fortunate. We missed all the real craziness that happened with this storm. But let's talk a little bit about preparedness for weather events and blizzards specifically, but weather events in general. So, first of all, you want to stay abreast of what's going on with your weather. Now, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's watching the Weather Channel or AccuWeather or whatever on TV, whether that is having an app on your phone like Weather Gods or, again, AccuWeather, wherever that will allow you to see forecasts or have push notifications sent to you with weather events, things like that. Those are important, whether it's having a local radio station that you listen to that will give you weather updates. It's really not a good idea to rely on other people to give you weather information. And by that, I mean have somebody call you or show up at your house and say, wow, it's really sunny out there or really hot out there or whatever that is. You really need to be very much in charge of getting your own information so that you can make your own preparedness plan. It's always good to, as Chris said, have food in the house. So again, how are you going to make that happen? Are you going to go with somebody to get food? Do you really want to rely on that as your only way to get food? Probably not your best idea because what if that person can't come for whatever reason? What if they're doing their own preparedness? What if their kid gets sick? What if they're stuck at work in a meeting? Whatever that is, you want to be as in charge of your own preparedness as you possibly can. So whether that's walking to your local grocery store or having food delivered to you or having stuff frozen in advance. We actually did that with our Christmas dinner. We pre-prepped everything and then we froze it. And everything was as fresh and good and delicious for Christmas as it would have been two weeks before. So that is the advantage of freezing things. I really recommend it if you don't do a lot of it. It's a great idea. You just have to do it correctly. So that's an option. You know, you want to make sure that you've got your food in and ready to go. You probably want to make sure you've got a few gallons of really good water available to you. So just in case you do lose power, you've got drinking water. We have a whole house generator. In that sense, we're very fortunate because if our power went off, hopefully everything working as it should, we would have power to most of our house. Now, not everything, but most of our
1: house. The funny thing about the generator, since you brought that up, So every Saturday morning, the generator goes through a 10 to 12 minute test. So it powers itself on, it does diagnostics to itself, and then it'll shut itself off. And it is usually pretty loud. Saturday morning, it was not loud because it was covered with snow. Now, that leads me to a question, if anybody knows the answer to this, which I'm sure you probably do, is that if you have one of these whole house generators, you probably should dig it out. The other thing to keep in mind too, if you're in that kind of thing where you have a furnace where you have the pipes coming out of the side of the house when it's high efficiency or higher efficiency furnaces you want to make sure that you can clear those away kim had mentioned earlier about radio stations and having local radio stations on that are going to give you updates i was listening to one the other day and they were talking to a guy who does a lot of home repairs he's a general contractor and he was saying that you want to make sure that those are cleared because in a good day your furnace should shut itself off if it's smart enough to know that those are clogged but you obviously don't want to take that into account because maybe it won't and then you want to make sure that your co detectors and everything are working as they should so that you get that, that kind of warning because if you block those vents then something could happen he also had mentioned too which i thought was kind of a cool idea is if you know or i'm speaking directly of snow that if these vents get blocked you might be able to have someone build a cage around those vents to make sure that they can vent and that always doesn't work but that was a really good idea so that they won't get hopefully blocked or covered and we're talking six foot drifts you know we're we're talking snow that was coming down sideways
0: it snowed i think you said you had never really experienced snow like this and you're a local guy you've lived here
1: your whole life right i mean it was crazy it was crazy snow well i haven't even been outside to shovel which i want no
0: we'll get to shoveling in a second i want to go back a second though to accessible co2 detectors what would someone do to begin looking for something like that
1: Well, there are a couple of different options. Some of them talk. A lot of them these days are interlinked wirelessly. Some of them will tell you in the room that the issue is in. And, you know, it it might say carbon monoxide in master bedroom or something. So it's going to give you that information. If you're not near that room where the issue is, You'll know exactly what it is because they will talk. Some of them will talk to you and tell you what the issue is and where the issue is. And you also want to make sure that you test your batteries and make sure that kind of stuff is you know, working as expected.
0: So how would someone get started looking for something that speaks?
1: Because there's probably, not a lot out there. I would probably do a search for a talking smoke detector.
0: I know there's a couple brands that you and I have looked at. The one we use is more expensive, but I think there's actually a cheaper brand as well. That we've seen pretty recently.
1: There is way, 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 way back in the <laughs> podcast archives. I did a demonstration of the smoke detectors that talk, and they're not really fancy, but they are interlinked with each other. They're not as fancy as the ones we have here, but they are and will do the job.
0: And they do carbon monoxide.
1: They do, and I forget the brand actually, but that's. I'll why find I...
0: it. I'll find it. We'll link it so you guys can see what that's all about but we'll link that in the show notes for you so you can see that podcast at least and find out if it's something that interests you you might be able to still find them and then we have the nest ones which are very expensive but they're also really helpful
1: well they are they do monthly tests by themselves and they're connected to the internet and you know they just they keep themselves updated if you will you know with that generator that we had talked about a little bit ago. You have to have a smoke detector down by the electrical box. At least in this area, it's by law mm. that if you have a generator in your home or outside your home, for example, you'd have to have a smoke detector and they all had to be linked. So that was one of those things. So you had we had to get these smoke detectors, or at least not these ones, but we had to get smoke detectors that were talk to each other. And the one that's on the electrical box had to be hardwired. So you couldn't run a battery-powered one there. It had to be hardwired to the generator. That was, again, by code. The other thing you want to keep in mind, you're talking about generators. If you use them, uh, not to have them in your living room. And also, not to. we're not trying to make light of any of this stuff. But you don't want to have it in your home. You also, again, listening to that radio show that I was listening to, the person had said that you want to also make sure that when your generator is outside if it's one of these gas powered generators not a whole home generator you want to make sure that you're not pointing your exhaust near your neighbor's intake where they're they're coming in to uh you know getting air from the outside of their house because then you're just feeding carbon monoxide into their home you never would think to do that you know where is this pointing off into another area you just want to make sure it's not pointing towards your neighbor's house too
0: So let's talk a second about generators and scheduling them for tests. How does one do that accessibly?
1: You don't. Your installer does it. Ah. When your installer comes and they ask you when do you want it to test, you tell them what time of the week you want it to test, where you're going to be home. You want the generator to come out when you're going to be home because there are times when the generator doesn't fire up. When the generator doesn't fire up, then you need to call your company where you got it from, and they would need to come out and do maintenance with it. So the last thing you want is your generator not to start up in the middle of losing power.
0: So you've gotten to the storm and your power goes out. You have no generator. Well, if you are non-sighted people living in your house, as we are, you probably don't care that your power's gone out and you have no lights, no candles, no whatever. You can wander around your house and kind of be business as usual, except for the fact that there's a lot of things you can't do anymore. So again, this is why having your phones charged... Is really important if you have people in your family you need to check up on, also very important. You probably want to text instead of calling if possible. Again, this is the importance of having a more modern phone because you can keep your battery longer
1: this way. Yes, yes,
0: so that's an important thing to consider. And why something like a blind shell, which is kind of a cross between a home phone, a regular, just regular, touched home phone, and a smartphone could be potentially a good investment for you. Now obviously we have no bias one way or the other except for the fact that we like them personally. We don't sell them. We don't do anything like that but we're saying that a phone like that that is available would be a good idea potentially for you if you're not into smartphones. So have your water. Have your food safely stored. If you have no power And you have food that is in the freezer, do not open that freezer any more than you absolutely have to to grab that food. Lightning fast. Fast as you can because you want to keep that seal. To keep everything as cold as you can for as long as you can. If you have coolers that you have filled with ice in advance, another really good idea, then you can get food more close to you and not have to worry about digging in the big freezer and losing all that heat. And store a few things in there over a couple of days and then you'll have that done. We had our ham frozen for Christmas, and we were worried about it. It took us all 24 hours, even though it was only a five-pound ham, to thaw that ham. So we were good in terms of that. If our power had gone out, it wouldn't have mattered really. As long as we could put the ham in a cool place afterwards, we weren't concerned about it. So right. that's just a kind of interesting thing to keep in mind when you're thinking about your food prep. You might also want to consider the types of food that you're doing. If you have a potato salad and you don't have it in a cold place, you're not eating that afterwards no way right so just be cautious be aware of the type of things that you are putting in your food preparedness if there are particular medications that you need and you need to keep them cold then you want to think about that kind of thing in advance so that if you do lose power that is something you have taken care of if you are going to have sighted people in your house remember they don't do well in the dark so you need flashlights you need potentially candles or those nice flameless candles you need something so that they can wander around without running into your furniture.
1: There's so much that you can remember to do. I mean, if you're a diabetic, hopefully make sure that you have insulin, you know, that I was listening to something again, you know, local radio. And this lady was having her insulin was mailed to her. So she'd get it in the mail and she couldn't, get out of her house and so she couldn't get to walgreens or whatever and needless to say with this storm we didn't talk about this but everything was closed
0: a lot of it still is
1: yes recording,
0: we're recording the day after christmas and everything is still closed yes so much of it so there was no going to the corner store even if you could walk there and
1: dig yourself there
0: you couldn't do it, it wasn't available
1: One thing that they were doing, which I thought was kind of cool, this specific radio station was doing, is they they gave out a number for people to call, and if somebody could help her with a snowmobile, for example, maybe somebody who was in that neighborhood had a snowmobile, they could go over there and and, uh, get her insulin for her. Scary stuff.
0: Sure, absolutely. I mean, if you're on oxygen, you've got to figure out a way to power that or to deal with that during a crisis. You're not always going to be able to get to a place that has power. If you know in advance that a storm is coming, and this is why it's so important to do the first step, which is paying attention to your weather. If you know in advance, and we had a few days morning with this one, then you probably need to get to somewhere that is more likely to be in a more metro area where power may be restored more quickly, especially if you're out in the middle of nowhere. You want to be in a place where you're less likely, if that's possible, to lose power so that you can keep your powered equipment available to you or you need to have a generator and obviously that's not the kind of thing you can prep for in two or three days so you want to make sure that you are in an environment where you're as least likely to lose power as possible you can't always guarantee that you don't always know
1: friday morning at nine thirty in the morning they decided to put driving bans through the entire county it was a decision made by the county executive which The snow hadn't come yet. The snow was supposed to start 7 o'clock at night. And at 9.30 in the morning on Friday, they were already putting up driving bans so that they were trying to keep people off the streets. They were closing things down so that people didn't go out and get to work and then be told to go home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And you would then have a gridlock city. That happened to us November 20th, 2000. We know the date because it's a big deal around here. And what happened was, is the storm came out of nowhere. People went to work. By the time they figured out the storm was coming, they told people to go home. So everybody went home and the city was gridlocked. It took me five and a half to six hours to get home on a bus that would have taken half hour. And the weird part about that whole thing was the bus got stuck twice. The bus drove into a loop and it couldn't get out of this loop. But that was part of its run. It went into the loop every day. So the bus got stuck in the loop. And then towards the end of the run, because that's where I was, I lived towards the end of the run of this bus. And towards the end of the run, the bus got stuck again. And there were oh, I don't know, about six or eight of us that got off the bus at the same time. I knew where I was, but because of the snow, I didn't know where I was. There were no sidewalks. There were no streets. There was nothing. And so I totally relied on people to get me from that bus stop or where we literally walked off the bus to my home. So you got to keep that in mind that people will be helping out as well if you were to run into some kind of situation like that but you know from the time when i went to work in the morning there was no snow on the ground there was lightning but there was no snow on the ground there was no nothing and then when you get out there was an impassable you know streets weren't plowed and all that stuff so it's just something to keep in mind there was no gps at the time you couldn't rely on that to get yourself somewhere so
0: so, you get through, the power comes back on, your storm ends. How the heck are you going to get out of your house? Well, here's where you might run into some problems. We have a little snow thrower, which works really great with, what, maybe a foot of snow? Yeah. <laughs> um, we got way more than that now.
1: Yeah. The first thing to do, if you can, is to, I would say, hire someone to plow you out, or if a neighbor's got a big blower maybe they can help you out. You have to know your neighbors. You to have make to that know that one your neighbors. Work. Well, I mean, you had to be do. able to talk to them and communicate right. with them. Right. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. One thing, you want to make sure that you can actually get out of your house if you can. I mean, this thing was huge. This was not a, a little baby storm. If you could keep up with it, which you couldn't keep up with it, there was no way possible. Usually people in this neighborhood are out in the mornings blowing themselves out of, you know, out of their homes, clearing out their driveways and stuff like that. That hasn't happened yet. There was maybe one or two people that I've heard that had ran their snowblowers. So that's just something to keep in mind. We haven't done anything with this yet to clear ourselves out.
0: Let's talk a second about an experience that you had in terms of trying to clear yourself out. In one of our recent storms, actually, wasn't this last winter? Or was yes, this? It was. Yeah, this was last winter. We had a storm, and Chris went out with a snow thrower, it's, which is way better than a shovel, by the way. If you have to pick between just a shovel and a snow thrower, get a snow thrower. But it's not the same thing as a snow blower, okay? Right. Snow thrower is a huge thing. What we have is not. It's sitting in our front hall right now. It's about the size of a vacuum. Right. But the scary thing that can happen if you're a blind dude trying to shovel yourself out is what he's going to talk about now.
1: You could get yourself lost. Because there's no cars, there's no way to orient yourself, you don't know how far you are, especially if the street's not there, or cars aren't driving by, you can actually get yourself lost. And that was kind of how I met my new neighbor, because he's like, are you okay? And I says, yeah. I says, well, where am I? And he goes, what's your address? I told him, and he says, oh, you're right here. I was literally in the front yard, but you just don't know where you are. It's very, very disorienting. The other thing I want to talk about really quickly is, you know, we talked about keeping yourself updated on what's going on around you. They do have apps that you can get. Again, you have to keep your phones charged. That's first of all, first and foremost. But if you want to know what's going on locally, there are apps like for police scanners and stuff so that you can hear what's going on in your neighborhood or in your city just by keeping up to date with that kind of stuff. Again, you turn it on, listen to it for a little bit, turn it off, make sure you have, again, if you don't have power, you want to make sure that you have power. The thing about these apps is they use data. So if you don't have a lot of data on your phone, then maybe that's not an option for you. You could also get an old-fashioned AM FM battery-powered radio.
0: Ooh, yes, they do have them. They even have crank radios.
1: Yes, they do. Get. So have, if you don't
0: have power, you've got an option.
1: They have solar-powered radios. They have mm-hmm. crank radios. They have, you know, that kind of thing. So
0: So what scanner app are you currently
1: using? One called Scanner Radio. It's pretty accessible. It can tell you what's around, you know, your your scanner feeds that are around. And it would be just like going and getting yourself a police scanner, but it's on your phone, and it's, it would be completely accessible and usable.
0: We probably won't be able to link to that immediately because we need to figure out There's probably more than one called Scanner Radio, so we need to find out the company of this one, but we'll try and get that linked in the next few days for you guys so you can see which one we're using. But it is cool. I was listening to some of it yesterday as you were listening to it. We had a lady who was in active labor, and they were trying to get to her so she could have her Christmas baby.
1: Mm -hmm. So.
0: So basically, the whole moral of this entire discussion is be informed, be prepared, and be smart. And don't rely on other people to do all this for you because that is not smart. And I know I harp on this a lot, and I know many of you probably get sick of me doing so. But it's really important to do as much as you can yourself because you may not be able to rely on your sighted parent or sister or friend or neighbor to come help you every time. There will be a time when you can't.
1: Well, they can't get to you. And you need to to be prepared. Yes. My best friend says to me, he goes, well... I don't think I can get to you. I says, yeah, you have this little car. He got rid of his truck, so he has this little car now because of the gas prices and stuff. I says, your car would never make it down the block, much less to the other side of the city. But it's just how it is sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, and we didn't need his help because we had done everything. We were prepared.
1: Right. The worst case scenario is we didn't have enough to eat.
0: (laughs) Well, we certainly didn't have that problem.
1: No, we did not.
0: And our tree was on and glowing through the whole experience. Yep. (laughs) So, seriously, guys, we hope you're having a great holiday season, whether you're still, I guess, wrapping up Hanukkah now when this podcast comes out or had a great Christmas or Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating currently, and that the new year is beautiful and bright and bountiful for you and that all your holidays have gone smoothly and well. The real irony about our holiday here was that we had power – We had everything going great through it. I talked to my parents on Christmas Eve, 700 miles away. They had no water and no heat. And they got everything straightened out within about 12 hours. But I found it ironic that we were the ones going through a huge, severe blizzard, and they had no water and no heat. Kind of an irony.
1: And they're about 15 degrees cooler for whatever reason.
0: They are. They're getting even colder down south than we are here. So kind of interesting. This morning, in fact, I spoke to them and we were 18 and they were 6. That's without any wind chill. So, yeah, it's been crazy. So if you've been experiencing it, we hope you're staying warm and cozy and that you have weathered the storms well. And if you're like us, it's going to be in the 40s by the end of the week, and this will all be a distant memory soon.
1: Take care, everybody, and see you next year. Bye.
0: Bye. Happy New Year!